good morning, Vietnam. I was just reminded of that expression, a movie, whatever the title of the movie was, I don't remember, but Robin Williams played the radio announcer on the uh, radio network that was broadcasting in Vietnam and uh, played a lot of good rock and, bo- rock and roll music, right? <laughs> and it was actually a quite a dynamic, you know, they let the DJ get away with a lot of stuff. And so we listened to it constantly, you know, because that was really our only, our only connection to the world, the world being America, <laughs> right? And so, and I had my transistor radio that uh, would fit in my backpack until the rain and humidity shorted it all out and I had to throw it away. So, but yeah, I remember listening to that radio station constantly in the first two or three months that I was there. But that's as, as long as my transistor radio lasted. I could get 9-volt batteries, but another transistor radio was a was another story. We didn't have access to the main base PX, which was on in Chu Lai, on the other side of Highway 1. We rarely got to go there. Uh, for the most part, we were on dirty, grungy bases and living. If you're lucky, you lived in a hooch, which is a... Uh, a plywood screened in, uh, you know, shack, and that's uh, if you're lucky, you lived in one of those. But I spent almost ninety percent of my time out in the field, uh, you know, getting rained on and having leeches and all kinds of bugs crawling all, all over me. That was fun, folks. That was lots of fun. All right. Anyway, so good morning, Vietnam. All right. So let me just say real quick. Uh, good morning, Dan. In Georgia, how Hello? are you doing? Yeah, can you hear me? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, yeah I can good. hear you. All right. So uh, I just want to say real quick, you know, last week uh, we did the show, or I did the show from Chicago, and uh, so I, I found ever since Paul English revamped the website about nine months ago because it was just uh, acting up constantly. Uh, his uh, rebuilding of the website uh, has eliminated all the problems that I used to have trying to get online. Because well, whenever an update, whenever Windows and uh, you know, Bill Gates did an update, it would mess up all of my settings. And if I wasn't aware that an update had happened, which is fairly often, uh, I tried to get on and nothing would work. You remember those days, right, Dan? <laughs> oh, right? yeah. Yeah. Well, ever since he revamped the site, that hasn't happened. So whatever updates have occurred do not affect uh, the settings on our website, which is fantastic. So thank you, Paul, for making that adjustment and uh, getting us up to speed with current uh, the current Internet settings, right? The, uh, the uh, what did it call it, the uh, web, <laughs> the Internet of Things, right? Which is, if, you're, if you took the jab, the Internet of Things is floating around in your body, and you don't even know it. Okay, what a crazy world, Dan. Are we in the end times or not? Oh, we have to be. Yeah, oh, for I mean, sure. Everything is upside down. Yeah, good is bad, bad is good. You know. Um, yep, no doubt about it. Discombobulated men are. What's that line in that uh, Kink song? Uh, boys will be boys, and boys will be girls. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Right, so that's where All we're this at. Crazy transgenderism that's oh. going on, and oh. just sickening. Well, it's just an assault on the you know biblical family. That's what it is. There's absolutely no doubt mm-hmm. about that. You know, totally. Yeah. What, what could be a bigger slap in the face to Yahweh Himself <laughs> than trying to change your gender? Right. He created you as a man or a woman, and that's well, how it's supposed to be. Why would yeah. you try to make yourself into something different? Yeah, you know? because Lucifer and uh, and his children, the Jews, you know, want to destroy his creation. Yep. Especially us, because they know that we're the only thing standing in the way between them and total dictatorship, right? Yep. But one way or another, the judgment day is going to clean all that up, and so we can only hope that that day be hastened. There is one verse that says, lest those days be shortened, there would no flesh survive, which means there is good, the Holocaust, let's call it the uh, the Christian Holocaust. That's a good term. We've got to throw that term Holocaust back in their faces. The Christian Holocaust, which is the ongoing assault of our race by the international Jew, uh, is, is in full swing. Absolutely in full swing. And they've used all this modern technology, Bill Gates and company, 
and what is it, graphene oxide and all the junk they're injecting into our bodies, the mark of the beasts. Yeah, so Brother Abraham says that verse is referring to mRNA. So, well, folks, you know, this is this is it. These are in end times. And the problem is, Dan, few of our people realize it. They don't realize that it's a silent war. You know, right. they're, yeah, they're expecting uh, mortars and bullets and stuff like that. No, <laughs> yeah, I'm, um, I'm, I'm not yeah. too sure that that the in, the vaccine is the mark of the beast. I mean, I, I'm not in for, I'm not in favor of it at all. But would it really be that obvious? I mean, there's still a lot of people that are against the vaccine, mm-hmm. and we know with the mark, you know. Only the elect are going to be the ones who who aren't right um, taking yeah, it. jabbed. Right, we're the only ones who can but, see through the lies. Yeah, but so I'm not really sure if the if the vaccine is the mark of the beast. I, I mean, I, if, if it's a pretty good imitation, right, or a type for sure. But yeah, I'm yeah. not totally convinced on it yet. Okay, well, uh, uh, yeah, well, it's uh, it's Revelation thirteen seventeen talks about no no man shall be able to buy or sell, uh, right? Yeah, that has taken the mark of the beast, and that's the 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 one patent that Bill Gates has on the injection is a is a commercial patent, and the the the, the last three digits are o six o six o six. And right. in, in there, uh, he says, we're going to inject people with this substance that allows us to uh, follow their, what do you call it, their, their commercial transactions, okay? So that if you don't get, in fact, uh, well, all the lockdown and everything is based on the idea that uh, you can't buy or sell unless you have the, uh, take the injection. As of now... We yeah. still can buy and sell. Well, yeah, so, yeah, but that's the objective, right? And, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Th- that, that's the intention. That's the intention. So that's why I firmly believe it is the mark of the beast. Yeah, it hasn't been fully implemented yet, but only because there's resistance to it, right? And uh, we're leading yeah. the way in the resistance against it, right, and trying to expose it. But there's more and more people catching on. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's the, the good That's the good news. Yes, uh, Brother Abraham says, AI is the Antichrist, artificial intelligence. Yeah, and uh, artificial intelligence, well, of course, it was developed by white people, but it's been taken over by Jews, and they always take our inventions and use them against us, right? There's no doubt. Uh, Yes, and uh, John was right. There are many Antichrists, not just one or two, Yeah. right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, last week we left off, uh, I believe, on... uh, Second Kings, uh, fifteen, four, uh, or uh, chapter fifteen, I think it was. But uh, uh, let's see here. We, but we have a, um, oh yeah, uh, an explanation of Second Kings, chapter sixteen, uh, the meaning of the, um, the the conflict between the house of Judah. And the House of Israel, and I sent you mm-hmm. the the link, so I'm going to have to just open up the link I sent you because I seem to have lost it. So why don't you pick it up there, the Bible study tools, and I'll I'll put this in the chat room real quick. All right, over to you. Second Kings sixteen six. Yes. Right. Yes. Yep. Okay. At that time, Rezin, king of Syria, recovered Elath to Syria a port on the Red Sea that formerly belonged to Edom, taken from them by David, retaken by them when they revolted in Joram's time, and perhaps taken by Amaziah again, since his son Azariah rebuilt it and restored it to Judah, 2 Kings chapter 14, verse 22. And it seems by this that it had been in the hands of the Syrians, who now recovered it. Unless instead of Aram rendered Syrians, we could substitute Edom, which Leclerc has ventured to do without any authority. Yeah, and that's that's a common mistake because uh, the Hebrew word for Aram and Edom has a little squiggle, you know, a jot or a tittle, which can be easily mistaken for one or the other, right? So uh, it, it, you have to be careful. 
uh, little jots and quit. <laughs> what did Yahshua say? Every jot or tittle shall be accounted for before before the judgment day. Back to you. And drave the Jews from Elath, <clears throat> who were in possession of it. This is the first time that the inhabitants of the kingdom of Judah are called Jews. From, their, from the name of their original patriarch and principal tribe, though some think they had this name from the time this tribe went up first against the Canaanites. Judges chapter 1, verse 1, and Judges chapter 1, verse 2. However, it is a mistake of R. Elias Levita that it is never found in the Bible they were called Jews. But from the time the ten tribes were carried captive and not before, and a greater mistake still of Tacticus, that they were called Jews or Judeans, as if they were Ideans from Mount Ida in Crete, from whence he supposes they came. Okay, so this is very interesting, because we in identity teach that uh, the word Jew doesn't belong in the Old Testament ever. Okay, and it should be translated as Judah always, yeah, in the always, Old and Judahite because it's a reference to the pure-blooded line of descent of the patriarch Judah, and not the mongolized seed of Jews. <laughs> okay, so in the Old Testament, that word Jew should never exist, but this, of course, is a Jewish invention because they needed to insert themselves into the scriptures. Well, like the word Judaism. The word Judaism is not to be found in the Bible at all. Yet, the Jews refer to the religion of Moses as Judaism, which it is not. Okay? They not pra- even close. Not even close, right? They practice the Talmud. They don't practice the laws mm-hmm. of Moses. Okay? So this is a type of deceit that our people, that Christians are being subject to, let alone the Schofield Reference Bible, which, by the way, I'm going to do a show about the Schofield Reference Bible tonight and how it has distorted people's thinking about the Bible and is the basis for Christian Zionism. Anyway, why don't you repeat this in the second paragraph, because this is important stuff. Back to you. The second paragraph? Okay. Yeah, yeah. And drave the Jews from Elath, and that's Second Kings chapter 16, verse 6, and it's the first time that the word Jew is even mentioned that's in right. the Bible. Yeah, it's not mentioned in the Torah at all. No, nope, not, not even there in the first five yeah, books of the and Bible. It's, and it's not mentioned in Genesis 12, 1 through 3, which is the verse that the Jews claim is about them, namely the promises made to Abraham and his descendants, none of which were Jews, <laughs> right? So, none of them. Yeah, and all these descendants of mm-hmm. Abraham and his three wives, Keturah, Hagar, and Sarah, are the people that are talked about in that verse, not Jews, Okay, and the Schofield Reference Bible is the document that has created an identity, fake identity, between the Jews and those people mentioned in Genesis 12, 1 through 3. Okay, totally fictitious, absolutely fictitious. Back to you. Back to you. And drave the Jews from Elath who were in possession of it. This is the first time that the inhabitants of the kingdom of Judah are called Jews. There you go. From the name of their original patriarch and principal tribe. Supposedly. So, supposedly, Judah. But we, we, you just stated correctly that they should be called Judahites, not Jews. So the word Jew is a shorthand word that was fictitiously placed over the word Judahite. Okay? Yep. Next, back to you. From their original from the name of their original patriarch and principal tribe, though some think they had this name from the time this tribe went up first against the Canaanites. Judges chapter 1, verse 1, Judges chapter 1, verse 2. However, it is a mistake of our Elias Levita that is never found in the Bible. They were called Jews. But from the time the ten tribes were carried captive, and not before, okay, so- a greater mistake. Yeah, let's just analyze that. So Rabbi Elias Levita claims that the word Jew was never applied to Judah until the the time of the captivity of the ten northern tribes. He says that never before that was the word Jew used in the Bible. So why is it uh, used <laughs> in Second Kings 16.6, which is well before that time? Well, it's never correct. Okay, so I think what the rabbi 
Elias Levita is trying to get at is that the distinction is between the ten northern tribes, okay, who retained the name of Israel, versus the two-tribed house of Judah, which now, because of the, the, the bifurcation of the two houses, now can be called Jews. No. You don't invent a new word because of the bifurcation. They're still Judahites, period. And plus the other tribe is Benjaminites. You can't call them Jews, <laughs> right? They're Benjaminites, but the house of Judah. So there's no, there's no way around it. The word Jew is a fictitious invention of the rabbis. And here, I guess, uh, Rabbi Elias Levita is telling us, well, this is the point in biblical history where we differentiate between Jews and Israelites. Okay, but that's their teaching. It's not our teaching, and it's not biblical teaching. Back to you. Be kind of like calling Aborigines Caucasians. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> same thing. Right. Yeah, because they, they live in the same territory. Mm-hmm. Yep. Forget about DNA. Forget about race. Okay, back to you. See, where was I? But from the time the ten tribes were carried captive and not before. And a greater mistake still it is of Tact- Tacitus that they were called Jews or Judeans as if they were Ideans from Mount Ida in Crete from whence he supposes they came. So, I okay, so Ida, Mount Ida-eans. Okay, that, I've never heard that before. That's interesting. I haven't either. Right. I thought it was a mistake for Idumeans, but no, he's That's talking about, I did too, yeah. Yeah, he's talking about Mount Ida in Crete, so I'd have to investigate that. Well, I, I think it's possible that a lot of Judahites migrated to Crete, okay? And they are, Crete is mentioned in Scripture, and so we'd have to do an investigation on that subject too to find out, because our people migrated, you know, all over the world practically. So, but the Jews never migrated. They just followed in our tracks, right? So, okay, and then there's one more paragraph here. And the Syrians came to Elath and dwelt there unto this day. The marginal reading is Edomites, and so read the Septuagint and Vulgate Latin versions. And Kimchi observes that it is written Aramin, Syrians, because the king of Syria took it. And by his means, the Edomites returned to it, but is read Edomim, Edomites, because it belonged to the children of Edom. And it is certain the Edomites had come and smitten Judah. Okay. Second Chronicles chapter 28, verse 17. Okay, this is very interesting because Clifton Emmeheiser uh, wrote a very important paper about how the there, there's that verse that says uh, that uh, you should not uh, despise the Edomites, because they are your brothers. I think that's uh, Deuteronomy 23, verse, I don't know, 2, something like that. And he says, well, the problem is there that the word Aram is confused with the word Edom. And so here's a second instance of Edom being confused with Aram. But it turns out that Edom and Aram both occupied the same territory, with their wars against each other, okay? And so here the same mistake is being made by scholars and historians not knowing the difference between the two, all right? So this is very interesting. Uh, So there's a couple of items here in this article that uh, need to be looked at, namely the Mount Ida business and how, how often the word Edom and Aram are confused, okay? So that's an important subject. Okay, so let's get back to our text. Okay, okay. and we are on Second uh, Kings, Kings 15. Chapter 15. In the, 20th, in the 20 and 7th year of Jeroboam, king of Israel began Azariah, the son of Amaziah, king of Judah, to reign. 16 years old when he, was, when he began to reign. And he reigned two and fifty years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Jechaliah of Jerusalem. And he did that which was right in the sight of Yahweh, according to all that his father Amaziah had done, save that the high places were not removed. The people sacrificed and burnt incense still on the high places. And Yahweh smote the king 
so that he was a leper unto the the day of his death and dwelt in a several house. And Jotham, the king's son, was over the house, judging the people of the land. And the rest of the acts of Azariah and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Judah? So Azariah slept with his fathers, and they buried him with his fathers in the city of David. And Jotham, his son, reigned in his stead. Okay, one point, sorry to interrupt here, uh, but the city of David is not necessarily Jerusalem. Uh, David had built for himself a stronghold within the walls of this, or actually may have been just outside the, the city walls, but he built for himself a stronghold and uh, which was uh, 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 around the perimeter of the city. So I think that's what the city of David is being referred to. It's not a reference directly to the whole city of Jerusalem. Back to you. Uh, verse 8. <clears throat> In the 38th year of Azariah, king of Judah, did Zechariah, the son of Jeroboam, reign o- over Israel in Samaria six months. And he did that which was evil in the sight of Yahweh, as his fathers had done. He departed not from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel to sin. And Shalom, the son of Jabesh, conspired against him, and smote him before the people, and slew him, and reigned in his stead. And the rest of the acts of Zechariah, behold, they are written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel. This was the word of Yahweh, which he spake unto Jehu, saying, Thy son shall sit on the throne of Israel unto the fourth generation. And so it came to pass. Shalom, the son of Jabesh, began to reign in the nine and thirtieth year of Uzziah, king of Judah. And he reigned a full month in Samaria. For Menahem, the son of Gadi, went up from Terzah and came to Samaria and smote Shalom, the son of Jabesh, in Samaria and slew him and reigned in his stead. And the rest of the acts of Shalom and his conspiracy, which he made, behold, they are written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel. Then Menahem smote Tipsah and all that were therein and the coast thereof from Terzah, because they opened not to him. Therefore he smote it. All the women therein that were that were with child he ripped up. Oh boy. In the nine and thirtieth year of Azariah, king of Judah, began Menahem the son of Gadi to reign over Israel, <clears throat> and reigned ten years in Samaria. And he did that which was evil in the sight of Yahweh. He departed not all his days from the sins of Jeroboam the son of Nebat, who made Israel to sin. And Pul, the king of Assyria, came against the land. And Menahem gave Pul a thousand talents of silver, that his hand might be with him to confirm the kingdom in his hand. And Menahem exacted the money of Israel, even of all the mighty men of wealth, of each man fifty shekels of silver, to give to the king of Assyria. So the king of Assyria turned back and stayed not there in the land. And the rest of the acts of Menahem and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel? And Menahem slept with his fathers, and Pekahiah, his son, reigned in his stead. In the fiftieth year of Azariah, king of Judah, Pekahiah, the son of Menahem, began to reign over Israel in Samaria, and reigned two years. And he did that which was evil in the sight of Yahweh. He departed not from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel to sin. But Pekah, the son of Remaliah, a captain of his, conspired against him and smote him in Samaria, in the palace of the king's house, with Argob and Ariah, and with him fifty men of the Gileadites. And he killed him and reigned in his room. And the rest of the acts of Pekaliah and all that he did, behold, they are written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel. In the 52nd year of Azariah, king of Judah, Pekah, the son of Remaliah, began to reign over Israel in Samaria and reigned 20 years. And he did that which was evil in the sight of Yahweh. He departed not from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel to sin. In the days of Pekah, king of Israel, came Tiglath-Pileser, king of Assyria, and took Ijon, and Abel-Beth-Maacah, and Jonah, and Kadesh, and Hazor, and Gilead, and Galilee, 
all the land of Naphtali and carried them captive to Assyria. And Hoshea, the son of Elah, made a conspiracy against Pekah, the son of Remaliah, and smote him and slew him and reigned in his stead in the 20th year of Jotham, the son of Uzziah. And the rest of the acts of Pekah and all that he did, behold, they are written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel. Wow. We have to do a study of how many kings of uh, Israel and Judah were uh, assassinated. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's got to be an incredible number. All right, back to you. In the second year of Pekah, the son of Remaliah of Israel, began Jotham, the son of Uzziah, king of Judah, to reign. Twenty-five years old was he when he began to reign, and he reigned sixteen years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Jerusha, the daughter of Zadok. And he did that which was right in the sight of Yahweh. He did according to all that his father Uzziah had done. Howbeit the high places were not removed, the people sacrificed and burned incense still in the high places. He built the higher gate of the house of Yahweh. Now the rest of the acts of Jotham and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Judah? In those days, Yahweh began to send Judah, Rezin, the king of Syria, and Pekah, the son of Remaliah. And Jotham slept with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David, his father. And Ahaz, his son, reigned in his stead. End of chapter 15. Okay. And now we come to chapter 16 where we will see yes. the word Jew for the first time right? in the entire Bible. And so we need to keep these two monarchs and two houses straight to understand what's really going on here. So here we have... Pekka, which is mentioned in chapter 15, is the son of, now wait a minute here, Pekka is ruling in Israel, and Ahaz is ruling in Judah. Okay, so we have to keep these two kingdoms straight and separated in our minds to understand who's fighting against who and who's allied with whom. Okay, back to you. Second Kings chapter 16. In the 17th year of Pekah, the son of Remaliah, Ahaz, the son of Jotham, king of Judah, began to reign. Twenty years old was Ahaz when he began to reign. And he reigned 16 years in Jerusalem and did not that which was right in the sight of Yahweh, his God, like David, his father. But he walked in the ways of the kings of Israel, <laughs> yea, and made his son to pass through the fire according to the abominations of the heathen. His own son. Cast. His own wow. son. How about that, folks? Wow. Okay. I guess they're talking about a, a sacrifice. Of right? course, yeah. I mean, yeah. his own son threw him in the fire. I yeah, mean, threw him in the him. fire, right? Amazing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, and made his sons pass through the fire, according to the abominations of the heathen whom Yahweh cast out from before the children of Israel. Okay, this brings up and, a point. Whether or not there were Edomites present in the house of Judah and the house of Israel, more likely in the house of Judah because Judah was so close to Edom. But it doesn't say that the Edomites were there advising Ahaz, but certainly their traditions were being rubbed off on Judah, right? Their, their Baal worship was rubbing off on Judah for out of what? Uh, nearness, right? Okay. Whatever it was, the Judahites picked up the habits of the Edomites and began practicing Baal worship. Uh, so there's, I don't think anybody's really done a study on how this Baal worship became so prevalent in our own, in our own people. Back to you. Verse four. And he sacrificed and burnt incense in the high places and on the hills and under every green tree. Then Rezin, king of Syria, and Pekah, son of Remaliah, king of Israel, came up to Jerusalem to war. And they besieged Ahaz, but could not overcome him. At that time, Rezin, king of Syria, recovered to Elath, recovered Elath to Syria and drave the Jews from Elath. And the Syrians came to Elath. 
and dwelt there unto this day. Okay, so they drove the Judahites from Elath. You know, it wouldn't even make sense. We're, we're talking about the, the house of Judah here to even throw the word Jude, another, an entirely different people into this subject. Exactly. You know, that we're talking about here. Amen. We're talking about Judahites. You Amen. Know. Yeah, yeah. And then, but now the Jews claim to be all 12 tribes too. <laughs> right? Because so, of this one yeah, word. Yeah, this one word, which has created so much confusion. So th- this verse is extremely critical for identity, the Second Kings 16.6, and how this w- invented word has been inserted into the Bible by Jewish scribes, by, by rabbis, and the Christian world has just been, you know, deceived, tricked by this ever since. Okay. All right. Back to you. Yep. This word, this verse should read, at that time, Rezin, king of Syria, recovered Elath to Syria and drave the Judahites. Yes, Amen. And the Syrians came to Elath and dwelt there unto this day. Yeah. And uh, in and addition, so, in addition, so what we discussed earlier uh, because the Edomites and the Arameans, who are Syrians, that's the uh, Hebrew word for Syrian, Ara- Aramean, they get the Arameans and the Edomites confused because they both possess the same city at different times. Okay, so that's another source of confusion. Back to you. Verse 6, I mean 7. 7. So Ahaz sent messengers to Tiglath-Pileser, king of Assyria, saying... I am thy servant and thy son. Come up and save me out of the hand of the king of Syria and out of the hand of the king of Israel, which rise up against me. And Ahaz took silver, the silver and gold that was found in the house of Yahweh and in the treasures of the king's house and sent it for a present to the king of Assyria. And the king of Assyria hearkened unto him, for the king of Assyria went up against Damascus and took it and carried the people of it captive to Kir. And slew Rezin. And King Ahaz went to Damascus to meet Tiglath-Pileser, king of Assyria, and saw an altar that was at Damascus. And King Ahaz sent to Uriah, the priest, the fashion of the altar and the pattern of it, according to all the workmanship thereof. And Uriah, the priest, built an altar according to all that King Ahaz had sent from Damascus. So Uriah the priest made it against King Ahaz, came from Damascus. And when the king was come from Damascus, the king saw the altar, and the king approached to the altar and offered thereon. And he burnt his burnt offering and his meat offering, and poured his drink offering, and sprinkled the blood of his peace offerings upon the altar. And he brought also the brazen altar, which was before Yahweh, from the forefront of the house, from between the altar and the house of of Yahweh, and put it on the north side of the altar. Okay, let me just interrupt here because it's important that these offerings given by the uh, by Ahaz are not uh, offerings for the sins of Israel or the sins of the, the two houses because that is exclusively the office of the Levitical priests. They're the only ones mm-hmm. who could offer sacrifices for the sins of Israel. And then whenever uh, a king tried to do that, uh, Yahweh would smite him, <laughs> right? You, mm-hmm. Here you have clear separation of church and state. Okay, they're mm-hmm. they're two separate offices. So, but uh, but the by, uh, our constitution doesn't even say that much. It only says that the government shall not interfere in the office of religion, which is exactly how the Bible treats the subject. Back to you, verse fifteen. And King Ahaz commanded Uriah the priest, saying, Upon the great altar burn the morning burnt offering, and the evening meat offering, and the king's burnt sacrifice, and his meat offering, with the burnt offering of all the people of the land, and their meat offering, and their drink offerings, and sprinkle upon it all the blood of the burnt offering, and all the blood of the sacrifice, and the brazen altar shall be for me to inquire by. Thus did Uriah the priest, according to all that King Ahaz commanded. And King Ahaz cut off the borders of the bases, and removed the labor from off them, and took down the sea from off the brazen oxen that were under it, and put it upon a pavement of stones. And the covert for the Sabbath that they had built in the house, and the king's entry without, 
turned he from the house of Yahweh for the king of Assyria. Now the rest of the acts of Ahaz, which he did, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah? And Ahaz slept with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David. And Hezekiah, his son, reigned in his stead. Okay, so apparently Ahaz disassembled the laver, which is that great pool, uh, you know, container of water, holy water, I guess you could call it, for the house, you know, for the house of Jacob, and gave it to the king of Assyria as a bribe to to postpone the invasion. <laughs> All right, you know how that works, folks. You can Not never for very long because no, that, they were eventually taken captive by the Assyrians. That's right. Okay, chapter seventeen. Chapter 17, in the twelfth year of Ahaz, king of Judah, began Hoshea, the son of Elah, to reign in Samaria over Israel nine years. And he did that which was evil in the sight of Yahweh, but not as the kings of Israel that were before him. Against him came up Shalmaneser, king of Assyria, and Hoshea became his servant and gave him presents. And the king of Assyria found conspiracy in Hoshea. For he had sent messengers to so king of Egypt and brought no present to the king of Assyria as he had done year by year. Therefore, the king of Assyria shut him up and bound him in prison. Then the king of Assyria came up throughout all the land and went up to Samaria and besieged it three years. In the ninth year of Hoshea, the king of Assyria took Samaria and carried Israel away into Assyria Mm. and placed them in Halah in Habor, by the river of Gozan, and in the cities of the Medes. For so it was that the children of Israel had sinned against Yahweh their God, which had brought them up out of the land of Egypt, from under the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and had feared other gods, and walked in the statutes of the heathen, whom Yahweh cast out from before the children of Israel, and of the kings of Israel, which they had made. And the children of Israel did secretly those things that were not right against Yahweh their God. And they built them high places in all their cities, from the tower of the watchman to the fenced city. And they set them up images in groves in every high hill and under every green tree. And there they burnt incense in all the high places, as did the heathen whom Yahweh carried away before them, and wrought wicked things to provoke Yahweh to anger. For they served idols whereof Yahweh had said unto them, Ye shall not do this thing. Yet Yahweh testified against Israel and against Judah by all the prophets and by all the seers, saying, Turn ye from your evil ways and keep my commandments and my statutes according to all the law which I commanded your fathers and which I sent to you by my servants, the prophets. Notwithstanding, they would not hear, but hardened their necks like to the neck of their fathers that did not believe in Yahweh their God. And they rejected his statutes and his covenant that he made with their fathers and his testimonies which he testified against them. And they followed vanity and became vain and went after the heathen that were round about them concerning whom Yahweh had charged them that they should do not they should not do like them. Okay, Dan, has and, anything anything new under the sun? <laughs> <laughs> nothing new under the sun. There you go. Wow. Verse 16, and they left all the commandments of Yahweh their God and made them molten images, even <laughs> two calves, and made a grove and worshipped all the host of heaven and served Baal. And they caused their sons and daughters to pass through the fire and used divination and enchantments and sold themselves to do evil in the sight of Yahweh to provoke him to anger. Therefore, Yahweh was very angry with Israel and removed them out of his sight. There was none left but the tribe of Judah only. And also Judah kept not the commandments of Yahweh their God, but walked in the statutes of Israel which they made. And Yahweh rejected all the seed of Israel and afflicted them and delivered them into the hand of spoilers until he had cast them out of his sight. For he rent Israel from the house of David, and they made Jeroboam the son of Nebat king. And Jeroboam drove Israel from following Yahweh and made them sin a great sin. For the children of Israel walked in all the sins of Jeroboam, which he did. They departed not from them until Yahweh removed Israel out of his sight, as he had said by all his servants, the prophets. 
so was Israel carried away out of their own land and to Assyria unto this day. Wow, wow, wow. Well, number number one, the vast majority of Judeo-Christians totally ignore all all the transpires here in Second Kings. Totally ignore it. The Jews totally ignore it too because they want to pretend that uh, the the house of Israel has disappeared. You know, they will cite th- this uh, captivity by the Assyrians, but then they claim that the 12 tribes or the uh, the so from their point of view, the other 10 tribes just disappeared either by intermarriage or they just, you know, uh they they didn't reproduce, okay? Of course, that's a lie. We know that the Bible has several occasions. Uh, Ezekiel and Jeremiah both say that the 12 tribes will exist forever, okay? So they lie by saying that the, the other 10 or even other 11 tribes no longer exist. So we, we see that the Jews lie about everything. And then on the other hand, we're seeing today the the exact same thing happening. Yahweh is punishing Israel, true Israel, for our sins by allowing us to be eliminated by our enemy. What do you think COVID is? What do you think the lockdown is? What do you think the Great Reset is? It's Yahweh. Mm -hmm. Peter said, judgment begins in the house of Israel. Here it is, folks. If ever there's proof that we need to obey Yahweh's laws and that the Schofield dispensationalism and antinomianism are a crock of you-know-what bull, man, this proves it because the same thing is happening to our people today. Yahweh is taking care of the evildoers within our ranks. That's what's happening, folks. Back to you. You know, they only have power because Yahweh gives it to them. That's right. These people, these yeah. people who... Um, yeah. The world. He's using them to punish us. That's what yep. he's doing. Just like he used the Assyrians yeah. and the Babylonians and <laughs> yeah. all the others. Yeah, but the, but our people are just like Jews. They don't want to admit they do anything wrong. <laughs> yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, they're they all about love. <laughs> right? Uh, we and love and tower. There you go. Oh, man. Way too much of that going on. So what kind mm-hmm. of love is that? Well, they're, they're loving their idols. Even They may not have little wooden statues sitting around their homes, but they love the ideas that were that were just are discussed right here in Second Kings. They love this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, keep... you really can't have an intelligent biblical conversation with most people. No, you can't. Christians. You can't. <laughs> I mean, they they get mad when you when you mention this about Jews. Uh-huh. They get mad at you, or they just look at you cross-eyed, and you, you know, you, they get they just don't understand it. They haven't yeah. done any studying at all. No, they haven't. But what can you learn when you go sit in a congregation and maybe a, two or three verses are mentioned? And the rest of the time is just, you know, junk that the right, preachers right. are preaching. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're watching television, right? So what's going into their minds, <laughs> right? That's true. <laughs> yeah, you got to okay. turn off. You got to turn off the YouTube. All right. Yep. All right. Okay. Back to you. Chapter seventeen, verse twenty-four. And the king of Assyria brought men from Babylon and from Kutha, and from Ava, and from Hamath, and from Sepharvaim, and placed them in the cities of Samaria instead of the children of Israel. And they possessed Samaria and dwelt in the cities thereof. And so it was at the beginning of their dwelling there that they feared not Yahweh. Therefore Yahweh sent lions among them, which slew some of them. Wherefore they spake to the king of Assyria, saying, The nations which thou hast removed, and placed in the cities of Samaria... Know not the manner of the God of the land. Therefore he has sent lions among them, and behold, they slay them, because they know not the manner of the God of the land. Okay, this is a in- very, very, very important episode again, and uh, we need to revisit this next week and uh, study this in depth, because here we're being told that the Assyrians placed non-Israelites into the land vacated by Israel. Okay, 
And those people believed in local gods, local gods and local goddesses, like the god of the wind, the god of thunder, the god of uh, fertility, all that kind of stuff, right? And so they associated these gods and goddesses with the dirt <laughs> they were walking on and, and the territory that they lived in. So they believed in territorial gods and gods of uh, nature, okay? So when these people came in here and they were being attacked by lions, they they appealed to the local gods. They thought that Yahweh, they heard about Yahweh, and they thought that Yahweh was a local god, right? Not the creator god. So please continue. Okay. Then the king of Assyria commanded, saying, Carry thither one of the priests whom ye brought from thence, and let them go and dwell there, and let him teach them the manner of the God of the land. Then one of the priests whom they had carried away from Samaria came and dwelt in Bethel, and taught them how they should fear Yahweh. Okay, so one of our own people taught non-Israelites the religion of Israel and the name of our God, Yahweh. You know, this is kind of similar to today. What do we see in our cities now? Strangers uh, right? Right? being put yeah. in positions of power. Right. And black people using the name of Yahweh, thinking they're Israelites. Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's okay. what I was about to say. Right. Yep. This is an extremely crucial part of the Bible, folks. Very important. It's worth it for everybody to just go read through these uh, several chapters here. I'd say Second Kings. Uh, both 16 and 17, and read through these again. These are very important historical passages. Back to you. There is no new thing under the sun. Yeah, right. right. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, now it's interesting. Just one more thing, because the Karaites, who are a modern sect, who are partially of the house of Israel, and probably even primarily of the house of Israel, who never left the territory, or they came back later, they, their religion, Karaism, is Old Testament religion, but they reject the Talmud. Okay? So their version of a scripture is Old Testament religion, but anti, anti-Talmudic. So that's very interesting. We should do a study on Karaism and how it differs from Talmudism. Okay, back to you. Verse 29. Howbeit every nation made gods of their own and put them in the houses of the high places which the Samaritans had made, every nation in their cities wherein they dwelt. And the men of Babylon made Sekuth Benoth, and the men of Kuth made Nurgle, and the men of Hamath made Ashima, and the Avites made Nibhaz and Tartak, and the Sephirvites burnt oh. their children in the fire to Adramalek and Anamalek, the gods of the Sephirvaim. Now who are these Sephirvaim? How about Sephardic Jews from Babylon? Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, that's who these people are. And this is this is these verses are telling us that this is where the Sephardic Jews got the idea to impersonate Israel. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's right here, chapter seventeen. Back to you, verse thirty-two. So they feared Yahweh and made unto themselves of the lowest of them priests of the high places. <laughs> Just like today. Yep, which sacrificed for them in the houses of the high places. They feared Yahweh and served their own gods. Yahweh. I think they feared not Yahweh. Yeah, well, I think uh, what it means here is they were hedging their bets. The, the, the pagans always worship all various gods, right? Just to make mm-hmm. sure they, they appease all of them, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, so they're just kind of throwing Yahweh in there, like that's right. Know, yes. Just in case we this is the right God, we get this yeah, one. exactly, <laughs> exactly. Okay, because they only considered they, Yahweh to be a god of the territory, not the creator God. Okay. Okay. Yeah. They feared Yahweh and served their own gods after the manner of the nations whom they carried away from thence. Unto this day, they do after the former manners. They fear not Yahweh, neither do they after their statutes or after their ordinances or after the law and commandments which Yahweh commanded the children of Jacob 
whom he named Israel. It's all pretense, folks. It's pretense yeah. and hypocrisy. And this is the second time in, in Scripture, other than in Genesis chapter 35, verse 10, that we see that Jacob was named Israel. So we're talking about Israel is not a land. It's a people. That's correct. People. That's correct. Very good. Verse 35, with whom Yahweh had made a covenant and charged them, saying, You shall not fear other gods, nor bow, bow yourselves to them nor serve them, nor sacrifice to them. But Yahweh, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt with great power and a stretched out arm, him shall ye fear, and him shall ye worship, and to him shall ye do sacrifice. And the statutes and the ordinances and the law and the commandment, which he wrote for you, you shall observe to do forevermore, and you shall not fear other gods. Amen. And the covenant that I have made with you, you shall not forget. Yes. Neither shall you fear other gods. But Yahweh, your God, you shall fear. And he shall deliver you out of the hand of all your enemies. Howbeit they did not hearken, but they did after their former manner. So these <laughs> nations feared Yahweh and served their graven images, both their children and their children's children, as did their fathers. So they so do they unto this day. So who is the God du jour? Right? Well, today we'll worship Yahweh. Tomorrow we'll worship Baal. Uh, the next day we'll worship <laughs> Ashtaroth. And then on Sundays we'll worship them all. <laughs> all right? Okay. Like I said, hedging their bets. That's <laughs> right. Hedging their bets. But, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's pure heathenism adopted yeah. by our people. What do you see in the Judeo Christian churches today? Who's occupying the pulpits? of Christendom today. Rabbis, witches, warlocks, voodoo, mm -hmm. <laughs> everything under the sun is being preached in the Judeo-Christian churches today. It's amazing. And, and you have preachers condoning homosexual marriages. There you go. You know. That's right. Yeah, well, strictly, totally against Yahweh's law. Yeah, that goes on in the groves too. <laughs> right? Yeah. Now it's everywhere because mm -hmm. our people accept it. Okay, can you see judgment they don't coming? Want to offend anybody? That's right. Heaven oh, well, they offend Yahweh constantly, but they don't want to offend a Jew or a homosexual. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, I think we can squeeze chapter 18 in, or at least part of it. Okay, so it okay. looks like a short chapter. Go ahead. Now it came to pass in the third year of Hosea, son of Elah, king of Israel, that Hezekiah, the son of Ahaz of Judah, began to reign. Twenty-five years old when he, was he when he began to reign, and he reigned twenty-nine years in Jerusalem. His mother's name also was Abby, the daughter of Zechariah. And he did that which was right in the sight of Yahweh, according to all that David his father did. He removed the high places. Wow, he's the first one, isn't he? Yeah, well, no, the no, several places. kings did that, but uh, it wasn't long-lasting. <laughs> oh, actually, removing the high places. No, you're right. Very few of yeah, the I, Judite kings did that, yeah. I think he was the first. The first might, that I can th see might, here that yeah, I can I, mean, I think maybe uh, Joash did that too, removed the high places, but it didn't last long. Okay. All right, back now, to you. He removed the high places and break the images and cut down the groves and break in pieces the brazen serpent that Moses had made. For unto those, those days the children of Israel did burn incense to it, and he called it Nehushtan. He trusted in Yahweh, God of Israel, so that after him was none like him among all the kings of Judah, there you go. nor any <laughs> that were before him. Okay. So he was righteous. Hooray! A righteous yeah. king. Yep, for he clave to Yahweh and departed not from following him, but kept his commandments, which Yahweh commanded Moses. And Yahweh was with him, and he prospered whithersoever he went forth. And he rebelled against the king of Assyria and served him not. He smote the Philistines, even unto Gaza, and the borders thereof, from the tower of the watchmen to the fenced city. And it came to pass in the fourth year of King Hezekiah, which was the seventh year of Hosea, son of Elah, king of Israel, that Shalmaneser, king of Assyria, came up against Samaria and besieged it. And at the end of three years they took it, even in the sixth year of Hezekiah, 
That is the ninth year of Hosea, king of Israel. Samaria was taken. And the king of Assyria did carry away Israel unto Assyria and put them in Hala and in Habor by the river of Gozan and in the cities of the Medes, because they observed not the voice of Yahweh their God, but transgressed his covenant. And all that Moses, the servant of Yahweh, commanded would not hear them nor do them. Now in the fourteenth year of King Hezekiah did Sennacherib, king of Assyria, come up against all the fenced cities of Judah and took them. And Hezekiah, king of Judah, sent to the king of Assyria to Lachish, saying, I have offended, return from me, that thou which puttest on me will I bear. And the king of Assyria appointed unto Hezekiah, king of Judah, three hundred talents of silver and thirty talents of gold. And Hezekiah gave him all the silver that was found in the house of Yahweh and in the treasures of the king's house. At that time did Hezekiah cut off the gold from the doors of the temple of Yahweh and from the pillars which Hezekiah king of Judah had overlaid and gave it to the king of Assyria. And the king of Assyria sent Tartan and Rebsaris and Rabshakeh from Lachish to king Hezekiah with a great host against Jerusalem. And they went up and came to Jerusalem. And when they were come up, they came and stood by the conduit of the upper pool, which is in the highway of the fuller's field. And when they had called to the king, there came out to them Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, which was over the household, and Shebna, the scribe, and Joah, the son of Asaph, the recorder. And Rabshakeh said unto them, Speak ye now to Hezekiah. Thus saith the great king, the king of Assyria, what confidence is this wherein thou trusted? Thou sayest, but they are in vain words. I have counsel and strength for the war. Now on whom dost thou trust that thou rebellest against me? Now behold, thou trustest upon the staff of this bruised reed, even upon Egypt, on which if a man lean, it will go into his hand and pierce it. So it is Pharaoh, king of Egypt, unto all that trust on him. But if ye say unto me, We trust in Yahweh our God, is not that he whose high places and whose altars Hezekiah has taken away, and has said to Judah and Jerusalem, Ye shall worship before this altar in Jerusalem? Now therefore I pray thee, give pledges to my lord the king of Assyria, and I will deliver thee two thousand horses, if thou be able on thy part to set riders upon them. How then wilt thou turn away the face of one captain of the least of my master's servants? And put thy trust on Egypt for chariots and for horsemen. Am I now come up without Yahweh against this place to destroy it? The, Yahweh said to me, go up against this land and destroy it. Then said Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, and Shebna, and Joah, unto Rabshakeh, Speak, I pray thee, to thy servants in the Syrian language, for we understand it. And talk not with us in the Judahites language right. in the ears of the people that are on the wall. But Rabshakeh said unto them, Has my master sent me to thy master and to thee to speak these words? Has he not sent me to the men which sit on the wall that they may eat their own dung and drink their own <laughs> piss with you? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. I'm, it is about time. Yeah, it's about time. Sorry, I, I was fascinated by the dialogue here. So we'll have to pick this up next week, folks. We just ran out of time. All right, Dan, okay. thanks a lot. Take care. Thank you. Yahweh bless. All, All right. right. All right, Yahweh folks. Bless. Thanks for listening. Praise Yahweh. Pass the ammunition. Bye-bye.